This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability. Welcome to NASCAR America Motor Mouse. Marty Snyder here, flanked by two famous race car drivers. This one's in the Hall of Fame. Dale Jarrett, you and I have to go back to work this week to yes, Chicago. I'm looking forward to it. To cover that guy. Yeah. Ty Dillon joined yeah. us on the show. Good to have you here, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys having me. It's my first time in studio, so pretty pumped to be here. Of course, driver of the number 13 Geico Chevy for Jermaine Racing. So uh, how's your season been to this point, you feel like? Uh, it's been really good. Uh, the beginning of the season went real. We started out with a sixth-place finish at the Daytona 500. That was massive for our team. Just to get a good jump start, that felt great. And then we rolled into Bristol and won our first stage. And for our team, Jermaine Racing, to have Geico, that's been so loyal uh, for so long to this race team. To get their first win in a, in a stage first win of anything, and then also to do it again in Talladega at the Geico 500. It's been a big start to our year. Yeah, it's been fun to see you win a couple stages yeah, this yeah. year. That's been pretty cool to watch as well. You ready to take all these phone calls from fans yeah, today? Yeah, absolutely. I'm That's the fun part it. of the show. Yeah. Man. He says that now. We'll see. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to play the role of Kyle Petty, which is the hatchet. Okay. You know, so, hey, if you're not on time, you gotta, you're got you done. You all know? right. So you can just answer the question. Okay. That'll be the, that'll easy, be the part. easy part. Cool. So, hey, here's today's starting grid and what's on the show. Chicago this weekend. Ty, let me hear your slide job in person. Slide job, slide job. Hey, Is that junior perfect. enough? Or? That's pretty good. Okay, okay. That's pretty good. Junior's in the next room, by the way. So uh, can't wait to get back on the air this weekend with all of us at NBC. We're going to get Ty's take on the 2019 rules and have they helped this team or not. And have teams figured out the point game a little bit more? DJ has an interesting take on that. Some interesting things going on in Sonoma. We'll talk about that. And of course, we want to hear from you guys. 844 NASCAR. NBC. Here's how we kick off the first five races of the NASCAR on NBC half of the season. Chicagoland, Daytona, Kentucky, New Hampshire, Pocono. You know, the interesting thing about that, DJ and Ty, two mile and a half's in there. Yeah. And those are the last two mile and a half's in the yeah. regular season, which I, you know, when you look at the playoff <laughs> schedule, yeah. there's a lot of mile and a half's in there. So do you kind of take a different approach this weekend saying, hey, my last two shots to get better for the playoffs. Well, when I look at those five, and we'll ask Ty here what he thinks about it, but when I look at those, the two mile and a half couldn't be more different if you tried, but the five racetracks couldn't be more different with everything that you have to encounter there. So uh, quite a way to get us started off, and, and we look forward to it. How about yeah. as a driver? Uh, for me, our race team has really excelled at Daytona, Talladega, and the short tracks and road courses. So we're looking forward to getting through this stretch of mile and a half and, and hopefully not falling too far behind. But we look at Pocono as another place with this package. It's a little bit more like a mile and a half. So to me, it's about three more until the playoffs start. Um, but we want to get back to these short tracks. That's where we've been really strong. And for our team, that's where our focus is. So we talked about the interesting points games going on at Sonoma, DJ, and I know you have some some takes on that. I think everyone was maybe a little surprised at the end of the day when Denny Hamlin wound up having the most points. William Byron looked like he was fast at stages of the Sonoma race, and yet 
they get all these points. That's what they were yeah. going for. They were, didn't seem like they were going for the win. They were going for points. So what's your take on this? Well, when I look at Denny Hamlin, I think, okay, a stage win, a playoff point, you can't have too many of those going into it. He already has race wins, so he's in the playoffs. But you never know when it might take that one point to move on from round one or round two and get yourself situated. So I understand that. I don't think Denny's was about necessarily getting the most points that day, right. but it certainly was about getting that playoff point. But when you look at some others, you know, William Byron struck out of there and looked like that he had the car and the capabilities of being a man that could have something to say about who was going to win that race. And so he took a totally different strategy there and, and gathered a lot of points throughout the day. Is this the best thing for a young driver? And that's my point. I understand trying to make the playoffs, how important it is to a race team and to a driver. But when a young driver has a really good car, I think he needs to be able to take that car and showcase and, and see what he can do against the very best in the business. Put your talents up against that. Because you might make the playoffs by doing this, but what are you going to be ready to do uh, in trying to move forward in the playoffs? So I think it's interesting situations. You know, you had another where Joey Logano stayed out. He gathered a lot of uh, stage points in those first two stages, then had trouble uh, in the final stage of the race uh, with an electrical right. problem. But he still ended up with the regular season points lead, which is worth 15 playoff points. So a lot of different things going on. But I just I'm a little concerned with some of the teams taking young drivers that need experience running up front and trying to figure out how to go about finishing in the top five and then win races by putting them in these type situations. It doesn't happen a lot. But whenever it does it, I, I start to get a little bit concerned about how quickly are they going to be better. Well, in Chad Canales' defense, they took a big leap up. William yeah, Byron did yeah. in the playoff grid. So, for that, they did they did move forward. But our team's starting to understand the point game a little bit more and playing that game a little bit more. I think so. And I think if you take Denny Hamlin's uh, viewpoint on it, he got to go. He won those first two stages. And probably in that last stage, he was probably free inside the cars. Crew chief saying, hey, however far you get me back up through the field, that's just a bonus on our day. We've already done what we wanted to do as far as our playoff objective. And I think as far as the young drivers, there's so much emphasis put on getting into the playoffs. That's so big for your team, your sponsors, and these young guys who, who are hungry to stay in the sport for a long time. So if, if William Byron can get into that playoffs for Hendrick, I think that means a lot for them. And, yeah, he, needs, he definitely needs the more experience we all do. And uh, I think he's going to get it eventually. But I, I do like the idea of getting more points. I'm sitting back as a driver who pitted early and didn't worry about points saying, man, I think – even for our team, maybe one or two more points, three more points in the place that we're at in 23rd in points would have done some some good for us as a team. So I think it's back and forth. I, I like the idea. You still want to be winning the race, but when you look back as the winner of the race and you still didn't score the most points, it's kind of heartbreaking. Yeah. And it's something to look at and something that it's part of our sport now that we all have to really focus on. So we all talk wins. Is yeah. it more of a points game than we're giving it credit for, DJ, <laughs> yeah. or what? Well, you know, the, the current system was set. Well, that's what's great about this. And I'm not saying what they're doing is totally wrong. I just get a little bit concerned uh, with, with that. So you have the best of both worlds here. You, you have uh, these drivers that are getting playoff points and wins and accumulating all of that. So, yes, it is about the wins. And, and the stages were set up for different reasons to gather points. So these some people are, are figuring that out to do more of that. So I, I think the, the current system – you get the best of both worlds. Points are always going to mean something, and so you have to go after those whenever you can. 
I think it provides more storylines, right? Sure. And that's great for our sport. Whether you, you're a guy who's going for the win to try to get locked into the playoffs or if you're trying to point your way in, it's whatever is the mood of that race team, how they feel like they set up for the rest of the season and getting in the playoffs, and what a great storyline for the rest of the year for all these teams. Yeah. Well, you know, Motor Mouse means one thing. It's Wednesday, and Carl is going to be our first caller. You're undefeated, my man. You're undefeated, Carl. How you doing? What's on your mind today? Well, I'm good, and I'm telling you, I'm super stoked for NBCSN to take over the NASCAR season. I wish you all one heck of a season. Uh, Ty, this is a question for you. Let's talk about the guys that are actually taking over the points. You're out there competing every week. What do you see in Martin Truex and Kyle Busch and just JGR as a whole that are making them this dominant with this new rules package and everything? Yeah, good question, Carl. You know, being out there week in and week out, um, especially this weekend, I saw those guys drive by me with about two <laughs> laps to go, so I got to see that fight for the finish. Um, it's tough. You want to be right there with those guys, but you know they're just on a different level as far as a team right now, and you have to take your hats off to what they're doing as a race team and as drivers going back and forth in the sport. Um, I think they're kind of vibing off each other a little bit. They're pushing each other, and they're trying to—they're kind of pushing themselves away from the field. And uh, I think you take the package change this offseason, and they kind of were in the middle ground for for JGR, and now they seem like they're kind of honing in that package and getting that dominance back that they've had the previous two years, which is kind of scary for everyone else in the field. And hopefully, some more guys kind of rise to that occasion. Can teammates do that? Teammates can push each other a little. Yeah, that's absolutely. okay. I think Everybody that's wants to make a rivalry out of this, but it's okay to push each other as well. Maybe a different story in the final four. Yeah, I think those guys have enough respect for each other that they're just going to push each other to, to get better and better, and uh, that is a little bit scary for everyone else. All right, let's go to Nathan. Nathan is calling us from Indiana. How are you, Nathan? Hi, I'm good. How are you guys? We're good. We're good. What's on your mind? Okay, so... So, um... My question is, since since I'm um, tight in and got a couple couple of of um agents, will that be? Yeah, Nathan's cutting out there. So uh, I think he said, uh, which uh, will stage wins lead to a race win? Yeah. Is that typically what happens? And that's kind of along yeah. the lines of what DJ was talking about. If you're a young driver, yeah. you want to run up front if you're going to learn how to win races. Well, for our team, we won two stages. And yeah. in, in those moments, I felt the confidence of being able to win a race. Now, as our team right now, are we prepared to go lead enough laps to win a race? Probably not. But we know, we know where we stand and we're building as a team. I feel like as a driver, and I know Matt does too, that – if we can get ourselves in a position like a stage win type ending to the race where maybe we can stay out and give me a chance with two laps to go. Mm -hmm. We've proved it. We've done it before against the best equipment, against the, some of the best drivers. We've done it twice. So, yeah, I think a stage win can prove that you can go out there and take a chance, take a risk at the end of a race and get ourselves in the end of the chase. Matt Borland is who you're referring yeah, to. The yeah. Matt you refer to yeah. as your crew chief. And so have you asked him to put you in those positions? Have you said, hey, Give me a shot yeah. like you did at Bristol. Yeah, there's a lot of strategy to that with us. We've had long conversations about that because if I have a car that's not driving good enough, I'm telling them don't put me in that position <laughs> because we're going to end up having a worse day. Um, but on days where at Bristol, we had a good car. We drove right up in the top 15 all the way to the top 10, and I said, hey, leave me out here. We're going to get this stage. And I'm able to do that. So it's week by week when I'm feeling like the car is 
capable enough and I know I can outdrive these guys on a, a two-lap run, I'm saying let's do it. But it's also a well-thought-out process because you don't want to do it and crash. Have these rules made your team, in particular, and others like yours, uh, more competitive uh, in races this year? I think this rules package has helped us at certain places. I think just the scrambling of the minds on how this is going to work gave us an end to, you know, to take a step ahead. We can't go the wind tunnel as often as the other teams. It's just plain and simple how it is. So the mile and a half, the longer the year goes on, it gets harder for us to, to stay in contention with the speed that we need. So we're focused on getting our car driving good so that we can take advantage of stages in, in some of these places. But I think we go back to some of the short tracks where tires and driver uh, patience and, and uh, making the most out of your program, Daytona, Talladega, uh, road courses, the Roval and the short tracks, we can take advantage there and we can be a top 15 team. The mile and a half, so we just have to do the best that we can uh, to score as many points and do as well as we can and try to build our program. We just cannot build the speed in our cars with, with less wind tunnel time. So have you had to kind of adjust your goals and say, okay, going in, into whatever weekend it might be, it may be different mm -hmm. track to track and say, hey, this is a good goal for us this weekend. It may not be a top five, but this is a good goal for us for finishing place. Yeah, I think that's helped me have a lot more perspective this year. Matt and I have done a lot of sitting down, Matt Borland, and talking about, okay, what is realistic coming up this weekend? And what do we need to focus on that we can handle? So do we need to focus on getting the car handling as best as it can at a mile and a half and let me drive as hard as I can for every single lap, not make a mistake, no mistakes on pit road, don't get caught up in a crash. And in that, we might finish anywhere from 17th to 21st to 22nd. That's where we're looking to run as a team, and, and that's how we can be honest and improve as a team. I think we go to a short track, Daytona, Talladega, we feel like we can possibly win. Um, we go to a short track, we can run inside the top 10 and top 15 easily, not easily, but we feel confident in that, and that's right. where we feel like we should be. Mm -hmm. um, and we can go to road courses and probably be in that top 15. Um, obviously, Sonoma this weekend wasn't a good weekend for us. We felt like we kind of failed a little bit in that, but we got to keep that mindset so we can keep improving as a team. Geico has been on board as far as consistent growth, and they're, they're liking what they're seeing in that as well. And to have that kind of commitment from a great sponsor allows you to have perspective. You don't feel pressured to have to make big steps in places where you can't make them. Um, so we're growing as a team. We're really proud of, of the progress over the, the last three years to where we're at now. Really good insight there, man. Thank That's you. some good yeah. stuff. Um, coming up, more on the Dillon family and where racing has taken them, including to Wrigley Field. You're going to watch your Braves tomorrow night, by the way? Tom? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's your brother singing. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> hey, do you know we're going to 50 states in 50 days? Our tour of America's short tracks takes us to New Mexico and how an NHRA racer is now going circle track racing. And if you have something to say, call us, 844-NASCAR-NBC, or tweet us with the hashtag, let me say this. Cubs fans, let's do this. Gary, you ready? A one, a two, a three. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out to the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I never get back for its root. Root, root for the Cubbies if they a shame for it's one two three strikes you're out at the old ball game 
I love it. Brother Austin Dillon <laughs> with uh, Take Me Out to the Ball yeah. Game. How did, uh, how did Brother do? I had to give it to him. He did good because he remembered all the words. He did. Yep. Jeff um, Gordon did not, by yeah. the way. <laughs> not that we want to pick on our yeah. money, So uh, he did good there, but you asked me earlier who's the bigger Braves fan. Yes. I think that proves it. He's cheering on the Cubs. We're playing oh, the Cubs. Oh, yes. We're playing, playing the, the Cubs, Cubs right tonight. now. Yeah. And uh -huh. so, I mean, you got to have your loyalties. I, I, I would maybe sing it regularly, but I'm going to wear my Braves hat. Okay. Did you, did you have any part in coaching him there or what? No, I think probably an iPhone and probably lyrics.com helped him out. That's what it looked like. <laughs> hey, I'd buy him just getting up and I doing know. it. I mean, yeah. that, that's as much pressure as you face. You know, you get inside of a race car, you kind of close the world yeah. out, but you're exposed right there. Yeah, that was a good risk for him. Did a good job. Did a good job. Yeah. I can't believe you're not going to the Cubs game tomorrow. <laughs> you're brave. So, hey, by the way, talking about you and your brother, I know you guys have a healthy rival. You had fun. Yeah. Who's a better athlete in the family, you feel like? Man, it's sport to sport, right? So I'm more of the physical bruiser. I grew up playing football, so I, I was a linebacker and, and fullback in football. So anything that allows a lot of contact, I've got him. Um, he's quicker and faster in, in some ways. I might be able to beat him in straight line speed now. I've gotten faster, but uh, um, he's good at basketball, and I would probably give him the edge in baseball. Um, but um, I think football. I think football kind of trumps all the other sports. So uh, <laughs> I take him in football, and and we're neck and neck right now in golf. Last time I played him, I beat him pretty handily. So. Okay, mm. wow. all right. Well, so you're looking pretty lean right now, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I've lost twenty-five pounds. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I've uh, lost twenty-five pounds since about this time last year, and been working out with uh, Xfinity Series driver Blake Cook, and mm -hmm. um, he's been training my wife and I. So I'm feeling pretty good. I think I'm getting better at those sports because of it. But uh, to answer your question, my handicap is a fourteen right now. Oh, okay. Let's drop down. None of us. Are in his categories. No, that's not. Oh no, I'm coming to that. I'm getting. Oh, come on, yeah. come on. You yeah, haven't yeah. seen a double-digit handicap uh, ever. So, <laughs> hey, you mentioned your wife Haley. How is how is being married and now you know your dad with your daughter yeah. Oakley? How's that sort of changed you a little bit? Your perspective on things. Uh, it has changed me as a person 100. Um, percent She's the best thing that's ever happened to me. And even knowing her since I was 19, every year she's made me a better person. Uh, on and off the track, and then we brought our little girl in the world. She's she's the light of our world, and um, <laughs> she's just made us even stronger as a, as a couple. And um, you know, she she's been there for me when I have been irrationally whining and crying about what I get to do, and and uh, you know, taking on so much of the pressure of who I am. And I just would come back to the motorhome after races, and I would cry in her arms, and she would be there to pump me up and. She has changed my life to give me so much more perspective and what matters in life. And um, I'm so thankful for her influence and, and the way that she's impacted me. Because you seem like you have a different perspective this year. I don't know if yeah. it's something I'm observing, yeah. or but you seem you seem like you're just kind of taking it in a different way this year. Yeah, absolutely. My my whole career was about what I could do to impress people to get to the next level and who I needed to give myself away to to try to get to a certain point. And then it made my whole career about myself and, and what I was achieving. I let it define who I was off the track, and I realized that that that's not what it's about. That's not what God says it's about for me. And mm. Um, I, I'm bigger than that, and, and that I'm that I'm not determined by my performance. I'm just determined by the situation that I am, and I get to use my platform um, that was not by my doing, but it was by divine uh, opportunity from God that mm. I get the opportunity to go out and, and race, and He's using me however He needs to use me. And whether I race for another ten years, another two years, or five years, I'm just blessed to be here and living in a good opportunity. So, so with that perspective, how do you answer? 
critics who say, ah, oh, because of his last name, ah, oh, his grandfather. Yeah. I know you hear it all the time, yeah. and you and I have had this conversation before. How do you answer those people who we, are saying that's yeah. the only reason you're here? We all get somewhere because of somebody or, or some circumstance, right? So, yeah, I was blessed. I was born into a family that was in racing. Um, I still went out and raced a bunch. I still raced 100 times a, a year as a kid and and put my whole life to it and, and was successful. Um, I, I won in the Xfinity Series. I haven't won yet in the Cup Series. I hope I do. Um, but it, it wasn't all because of what I did. It was just God's plan for my life, and that's where I am. And, um, you know, some people might not understand it, but uh, I feel like I belong, and I feel like in, in some ways we've kind of proved that this year. Yeah, and it's still not easy, no matter yeah. what road and what path you take there. And you said, well, one Xfinity race. Yeah, that Indianapolis. Indianapolis. That's pretty big. But putting that in perspective, what you just said uh, intrigues me so much just about thinking that because a lot of people don't understand that you know you still want to go perform. You know, yeah. you're, you're a competitor and you yeah. want to do that. Uh, and it doesn't matter if your grandfather is Richard Childress and, and what all he may have accomplished. You yeah. still have to go do that and you want to do that. Yeah, absolutely. And when I put that helmet on there, there's nobody who's more fierce and aggressive and you, I mean, caution with my radio because I'm, I'm giving it all I have. When I strap in and drive that race car, I'm doing everything that Ty Dillon can do. I think my problem used to be in the past that when I got out of the race car, I felt like I didn't do enough and I felt like I was supposed to do more. Now I have perspective that I gave it all I have. I'm going to walk away from it. Whether we finish 30th or where we finish first, it, first, it doesn't matter. The next day is going to go on. My life is bigger. Um, but I still love what I do. I just have a different perspective. Well, the lines are jammed, so let's get to awesome. a few phone calls okay. if we can. Yep. At least let's get to Tom in Atlanta. What's on your mind today, Tom? Well, good afternoon, gentlemen, and uh, good afternoon, Ty. I'm a big fan of yours and uh, awesome. proud of your accomplishments uh, in 2019. Uh, with Jermaine Racing being a satellite team to RCR, uh, in your racing future when Richard retires and, uh, and moves on to the retirement uh, do you see yourself and your brother taking over the family business in a leadership role and racing under the RCR banner? Um, you know, I have no clue what the, the future holds for me as far as that. I know a lot about our sport. I love our sport in NASCAR. Um, it's brought a lot of great things into my life. And, but I don't know. I think what my, my grandfather goes with his company is, is his call. And um, I think there's more beyond this. But I'm just kind of focused in where I am now. And to think about that even gives me anxiety. So um, I'm very proud of where we're at as Jermaine Racing. And I always try to, while I'm racing, I am trying to better myself off the track for the next opportunity. Because I know for me, racing... Uh, might not be longer than 10 more years. I'll be 37, and there's a whole lot of life left outside of that. So um, I'm very passionate about marketing our sport. We, we had a 360 live cam inside my car, and I, and I hope that you know people buy on to the growth of the world in marketing and as far as running businesses. I think we can continue to grow, and I was trying to work with NASCAR as far as that. Um, so, you know, whatever opportunity comes my way, I'm always looking um, and ready for what opportunity comes next, but also trying to stay focused and present uh, in what I'm doing now. And, um, you know, Jermaine Racing, I'm so proud of our team. We're sitting 23rd, sandwiched in between our satellite team, Austin and Daniel. They're 22nd, mm -hmm. 24th in points, and we've never been that close, and we're moving in the right direction as a team. Well, and Tom brings up a great point. You are the satellite team to RCR, but Richard's your grandfather. So how yeah. much do you lean on him for advice or to go talk to him during a weekend? He's not your team owner, yeah. but he's your grandfather. Yeah, I think sometimes, but I think there's a, a definitely a respectful boundary, especially as we've, we've grown up and 
he knows I'm trying to do everything I can. I think as I've gone from being a, a young kid to a man, now now being a father myself, he is respecting, uh, starting to respect more of letting me work with my team. And, and I know he wants the best for me. He's always been the greatest grandfather in that way, that he wants to provide everything that he can. And I think the biggest thing is in, in this past year, he's allowed our team to to kind of grow. We, we've actually moved closer to RCR, hmm. and that's been helpful. And he's been there to say, hey, whatever you guys need as far as information, we're here. Um, but we're also doing a lot of our, our own things at Jermaine um, with some guidance and some help from, from RCR. It'd have to be pretty cool, though, to go there, race alongside your brother mm -hmm. for your grandfather and, and bring kind of bring Richard Childress Racing back up to, to where it was, uh, you know, one day in, in the sport. And, and I know it's tough yeah. out there right now, but, but that would have to be pretty cool to think about. Yeah, I think that was definitely the dream growing up. You know, me and Austin leading the charge for RCR, winning races, running one-two. And just over time has changed my relationship with Jermaine Racing and the risk that Geico and, and Jermaine has taken me taken for me um, and the way that we've grown as a team, I, I, I'm not looking towards leaving them right now. You know, I, I'm looking forward to a future of continued growth with that race team. Um, I'm so happy where I am right now, but who knows? It might not even be my grandfather. It might be another um, opportunity with Jermaine Racing to be sure. extended for the rest of my career, and that would make me so happy. Mm -hmm. um, and the future, you never know what, what's, what's going to happen, and I'm just happy to be where I am right now. Well, coming up on NASCAR America, more of your phone calls for Ty and Dylan. Plus, we'll talk slide job. Ty gave us the impersonation earlier. Slide <laughs> job! That's coming up next. <laughs> Coming up on one lap to go, and here comes Larson. Larson to the bottom of the track. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. Almost. Slide job. And here comes Larson down to the bottom of the racetrack. Slide job. Trying to take the lead away. Slide job. Here comes the 18. He puts the oh ball to the back goodness. of him. The 18 into the wall. Kyle Busch will win. <laughs> wow. Oh my goodness. If you don't like that kind of racing, don't even watch. Oh, it never gets old, does it? Uh, we're excited to get back at it this weekend, DJ. Check out the yep. schedule of all that we have going on this weekend, all the opportunities we get to be on TV. It's going to be a lot of fun. The schedule's right over there. Oh, right looking forward there, yeah. to it. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, and I think Dale Jr. is joining us on Fan Friday. He uh, is going to be there on Fan golf, Friday. And Rutledge out among the fans somewhere. Who knows what could happen there, but <laughs> where can you have a race? that you get in one lap, the final lap, you get a potential slide job and then a bump and run all at the same place. I'm telling you. Time. I don't think we're going to have it again, do we? Are I, we I don't know. I mean, I think that <laughs> I don't know if we'll get that kind of magic again, but hopefully we do at Chicagoland. It'll be fun. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. Certainly a racetrack where it's wide. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have a lot of grip and yep. it's bumpy, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think yeah, that's what we look weekend. for now, right. especially with this package and any package, really. When we have a track that as drivers, we can run from the yellow line on the bottom and scrape the wall at the top, it's going to be a good race. So it's it's going to be three, four. We've seen five wide racing. I was four wide in the trioval or the the uh, front stretch at Charlotte. Yeah. I didn't think that was possible, <laughs> but we made that happen. So we're squeezing these cars wherever we can put them with this new pack. Speaking of Ty and Chicagoland, Bob from Pennsylvania has a question for you, Ty. How are you, Bob? Good. I hope you guys are having a good night tonight. Uh, yes, and sir. Ty, I've been a fan of yours ever since you started in the truck series, and I have so much respect for you and your oh, brother. You. My question is, what is your chances this weekend of 
bring in your cup team, their first win or a top five or top ten finish? Um, thanks, Bob. I, I, um, I think, you know, keeping in perspective of what we just talked about for mile and a half, so I think, yeah. you know, prospectively a win would be a top 15 for our team. Um, you know, if we could eke out a stage win on fuel mileage would probably be a good thing too. Um, but a, a win for us this weekend would be a, a top 15 finish, meaning we executed everything perfectly and our car was probably performed above average. I don't know. Sometimes we show up to these places and we have really good speed. Sometimes we don't know, you know, what happened to our speed. Um, but I think we want to make sure that we're running where we know we can somewhere from 17th to 21st. Um, and then execute everything proper. And if you have a race like we had last year, you never know where you're going to end up at the end with these restarts. And that's what I do love about this package is I'm very aggressive on restarts. And if we get down to the end of these races and we have a track and a car that is capable for me to drive good, you never know where we're going to end up. But thanks for the question. Hot, slick conditions at a racetrack where you can run the wall. That sounds like your kind of formula to me, I would think. Yeah, know? it goes back to the grassroots <laughs> Right to the dirt days, in, right? Dirt racing, yeah. Exactly so right. It helps. Exactly right. Let's go to JJ, who's in Daytona. JJ, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, Ty, I've been a fan of yours ever since you took the time to uh, say hi to me at the uh, flea market in Daytona. And I know this week <laughs> is uh, Chicago, but I want to look forward to next week in Daytona. NASCAR just announced that they got the wicker bill coming back. Ty, is that going to have any effect on, like, how you would race differently, or does it mean, like, absolutely nothing at all? <laughs> um, I hate to break your heart, but I feel like it's not going to do much, JJ. I think that um, they kind of put a wicker on it at Talladega. And it didn't do anything but make us go faster. I think what we're realizing is the bigger the hole we punch with this new package, the faster the pack actually goes mm. behind. So um, I think the race at Talladega was good. I would like us to slow down a little bit. We're still going too fast. I think at some of these places, I think we can still put on a great show. Um, I don't think the wicker is going to accomplish what we really want to accomplish. I think we should probably just knock some horsepower out. We're still going to have a great race. And hopefully I'm fist pumping just like that when we get to Daytona <laughs> uh, before the big, big W. Hey, when you get to a place, you, and you talked about Daytona and Talladega being places, you know that you have a shot at winning. Mm -hmm. Do you, you want to be aggressive, and you have to be aggressive at certain parts of it. Is it hard to temper that and, and pull those reins back a little bit to make sure that you're giving yourself a chance at the end of the race? Well, it all starts on practice day for me. If I feel like we have a car that I can take up to the front and run up front, I'm going to be aggressive and try to win the race that way. Mm -hmm. But if we just don't have a car where I can't pull out and make a move, I've got to change my game plan. And it's and it's moment by moment what I feel like we have. Um, sometimes you got to survive to be in there. And that's kind of what we did this year at the Daytona 500. We brought a car that has finished in the top 15 for the past six, I think, uh, super speedway races and we brought that car back and what did we do we, we survived it wasn't the fastest car and we finished six which was a good start for our team we brought a car to talladega that had more speed we won a stage i was able to be more aggressive i think we're bringing that same back car back to daytona and and you know my tendency right now is to think that we're going to be aggressive and try to win that race straight up great you guys ready to take a trip yeah. yeah. All right. Well, up next, yeah. it's uh, off to New Mexico as our tour of 50 states in 50 days continues and a special guest. Stay tuned. Tune in Thursday for KNN West Racing from Sonoma Raceway. So how did a series regular like Haley Deegan fare against a cup veteran like Austin Dillon? Find out 6 p.m. Eastern right here on NBCSN. Staying out west, our 50 states in 50 days tour takes us to Vado Speedway Park 
New Mexico's finest venue for grassroots racing. Bado Speedway Park continues the tradition along with weekly racing. The track plans to host year-round events such as boxing and MMA action. Sounds kind of like fun, huh? Yeah. Uh, the track has held a sneak preview weekend this month ahead of its grand opening next week on July 6th. And word is getting out about Vado. The World of Outlaws are set to race there next winter. Cool racetrack. And we welcome one of NASCAR's rising prospects who hails from New Mexico, 20-year-old Tanner Gray, driving full-time in the K&NO Pro Series East. So how does a kid from New Mexico wind up in the K&NO East Series, Tanner? Oh, man. Um, I guess just kind of being at the right place at the right time. Um, you know, we, my dad grew up racing out there, and um, I was 10 years old when we moved from, from New Mexico to, to North Carolina, and that's that's where we're at now. Um, but, yeah, when we moved to North Carolina, it just opened up um, a bunch of different different avenues for racing and, um, you know, allowed a, a lot more opportunity to, to get into it. And, um, you know, that's kind of how we led to where we're at right now. So we heard about Vado Speedway Park. Describe for us the grassroots racing scene in New Mexico, Tanner. Yeah, so when I, when I grew up, um, my dad was into racing dirt modified, so – uh, you know, he'd get us from uh, from school every every Friday and Saturday, and uh, get us and take us up to the dirt track. Um, he raced at a, a place called Las Cruces, um, right there in New Mexico. And uh, I mean, it's uh, it's pretty uh, it's pretty simple. It's not quite as as you know nice as some of the dirt tracks that you'll get up in, in North Carolina or, or anything like that. But um, you know, it's still cool. It's got a a lot of uh, good race car drivers that, that come out of there um but it's a lot of fun um you know i mean the, the dirt's definitely different than what you'd see here like in, in north carolina you get more of a red clay out there it's um more just a uh like a, a brown dirt kind of sandy sandy look and um so that was something different than when, when we moved out to north carolina but um yeah all in all i mean it, it produces some some pretty cool little racetracks so, so we saw the photos a moment ago. You made the transition from NHRA to stock cars. So it's been the strangest part of not going straight and going in a circle. Just getting used to um, how much, you know, driver feedback, um, how much that dictates your weekend, really. And I'm sure, you know, Ty can, can back me up here. It's just – it's uh, – it's very dependent on, on what you feel and, and stuff like that. And, you know, from drag racing, you have data, so you don't really have to, to worry about all that. So that's definitely taking some time to get used to just delivering the right feedback and, um, you know, kind of putting it in, in, in words that the crew chief can understand and, and uh, make the right changes. Um, you know, in NHRA, we have uh, data systems. So, you know, the driver doesn't really have to, to say anything. He can, he can look at everything right there on the computer and, and see exactly what the car is doing and what it needs. Um, and then the other thing is just the, the duration of the races, um, you know, drag racing, you know, we were only in it for six and a half seconds. Um, and you know, now I'm in it for, you know, an hour and a half and still that's, that's not long compared to, you know, what, what ties used to and, and whatnot, but, um, it's definitely taken a little bit of getting used to and, Definitely having to get uh, get my fitness in a little bit better shape, but um, it's been fun. 
Well, Tanner, we appreciate the time. Best of luck the rest of the season. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right. Hey, Tanner, you, you and Ty, Ty, you and Tanner have something in common. You've been 213 in a, in a Camaro, <laughs> by the way. So he, his, yeah. his in a straight line, though, you in circles. So, hey, yeah. speaking of grassroots racing, have you guys heard what Bubba Wallace is doing this summer? He's gone back yeah. to his roots. Here he is in the 76. This was last night running the Legends Series at the Summer Shootout. He went from third to first in a lap and a half to get the win. Wow. That's fun. That's that's pretty fun. That's it's always good to go back home and, and get your confidence back up. You know, for Bubba, he was really dominant as as a as a kid growing up in, in the Legend Car Series. So I know he gets confidence going back and and winning those races. Anytime you win anything, it always feels good. Well, after the win, Bubba tweeted that out that you just saw a moment ago. Good to be back in Victory Lane. You know, I like that DJ. I like that he's gone back to his roots. If you don't know, the Summer Shootout is a ten week schedule at Charlotte Motor Speedway. This young man raced there, and yeah. they have bandoleros and legends. He's gone back, and, he, and and racing for him is enjoyable, it seems like. Oh, it's fantastic that drivers do this. I know Kevin Harvick's done it over the years, and, and you know, that's what it's all about, is going back and, and getting that fan base and, and getting them excited about that. Somebody should tell Bubba, though, you, you're not supposed to go back and beat them. You know, <laughs> go back and compete. Let that's them what win. the fun and is. And then they can talk about that they beat Bubba Wallace, yeah. but, uh, but it's great that he's taking that time and making the effort. You know, all of that effort uh, just helps all forms of motorsports, and it's appreciated. You and what it does, about that, right? yeah, yeah. What it does for those kids that he's racing against is huge, and or grown-ups that he's racing, it's it's big. I grew up racing legend cars. Uh, I watched Bubba when he was younger. He was in Bandoleros when I was in legend cars. But in the class above me was David Reagan, who was in that time racing a Cup car, who I race against now. Um, I was successful in the legend car series and racing against really good drivers, and that gave me the confidence. That's. Yeah, 15 years old. That's when I met my wife, folks. So, uh, uh, yeah. Right so she she loves me for more than my looks. Wait, you met her at the summer shootout? Yes. Yeah, so she, her, and her family were parked beside us. They're from Washington State, and uh, um, she parked right beside me. Her and her family, and I wore her out for years and years and years. Chased her. She's like, "No way, you're crazy." <laughs> And um, finally, she, she let me into her heart. So I haven't, I haven't left ever since. Well, thank goodness she did because yeah, sure. she's wonderful to have around. Yeah. I say we have a, uh, a Cup Drivers Legends grudge match like once a quarter. Or That'd so. be great. And, yeah. and Put everybody out on the track, quarter mile go points, at it, right? Points are, are involved. Needs to be. Points are involved. Yeah, yeah. I think so. Okay. Yep. Exhibition match. Yep. I was just going to say, you know, just put a trophy out there. That I'm just trying to get whatever. as many points as I can matter. for our team here. I'm working all angles. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, coming up, we will talk to Ty Dillon about if he was president of NASCAR for a day, what would he do? We're going to give him the magic wand coming up next. I was very young. I started racing when I was 13. Kind of just misfits all thrown together. They were the ones that were teaching me. He was one of my teachers back there. He was my coach. He was the first one of that dream. He was a workaholic. She really paved a lot of the way for me. He helped me, mentored me. He had just been around for a long time. A couple times he probably threw me out. And a lot of us leaned on, on their family. Holy crap, what are you doing? <laughs> What's up? No way. You're right behind me. <laughs> this is a freaking shock and a half.
the behind the driver features that we'll be showing you in our half of the season are just fantastic. Yeah. You were surprised. Don't give Big away time. your reveal, yeah. but you, <laughs> yeah. how surprised were you when I was your blown person away. came out? I, I had no clue that you guys had coordinated that at all. I thought I was just showing up to an interview, and you can see <laughs> on the faces of those guys, they're all blown away because they're talking about people who had big impacts on their life and their career. So um, I look forward to watching that that too. DJ, you yeah. did a lot of those interviews. Were there yeah. some emotional moments that surprised you maybe? Must watch. I'm just telling you right now. And I saw it Monday with a little bit of a, uh, what we're going to show. I get chills both times just thinking about this. Oh. It, it was incredible. One of the best things that, that you will see this year. Absolutely. When you think about the most influential people in your life, you and then they yeah. pop around the corner, you're certainly <laughs> surprised yeah. and it's certainly emotional, no doubt about it. Uh, let's uh, go to Larry in Oklahoma. Larry, how are you doing today? Hey, I'm doing great. Good show, you guys. Hey, Ty, I've got a question, but first a comment. I want to tell you, son, you have become one of my favorite drivers this year, and it's because of the change I've seen in you. I know it's real. It's written all over your face. Wow, that and means a lot. Larry, road. It's, but you know better than I do, no race worth, worth winning is ever easy. So you keep mm -hmm. hanging on, okay? Hang in oh, there. Thanks, keep Larry. doing what you're doing. Yeah, now, here's the question. NASCAR needs people in the seats, too, not just eyeballs on the screen, right? Mm -hmm. What do you think NASCAR could do to get more people in the seats? Uh, Larry, this question is kind of right in my wheelhouse right now. I have a lot of ideas and a lot of things I would do um, if I was in a position to help make a difference. I made some comments back a couple weeks ago in Pocono about what I would do. Um, I would have live streaming cameras in every single race car. Um, I would have a way for our drivers where they know it's more and just as important to react and interact during the race. So caution comes out, um, you know, there's four or five questions that are sent to the pit box. You have a second radio maybe that says, hey, if you got a second, we got five questions from your fans, wanna know what happened in that segment. That can be just as important to the long lasting impact of our sport as getting the right call on pit road, four tires, two tires, as the way the world is going for our sport. I would wipe out some of these grandstands. I would provide two or three different ways of entertainment at a racetrack. That's what a younger fan base wants to feel. They don't want to sit still for five hours. They will be at something for five hours. We're going to have to entertain them in multiple ways. I, my wife gave me the idea of she's just as brilliant. She said, do a first uh, private deck on a, for a grandstand section. Do a second deck where it's a concert. Maybe you're wearing uh, headphones to silent concert, but you can still walk over and watch the race. Go to the third deck and maybe partner with a Top Golf and put a Top Golf up top. Just do something out of the box. We've got to change our sport. We have a lot of opportunity. Um, we've got to entertain in, in multiple facets. We are the only sport that we can allow people inside of our office, inside of our helmet. And we've got to embrace that as drivers, team owners, and as a sport to start interacting in that big way. And that was a step that we took with the 360 cam inside the car this week. That's pretty yeah. cool stuff. Have you ever seen yeah. the snake pit at Indianapolis, by the yeah, way? Yes, exactly right. You know, I think being mobile is a better way to entertain now. We've got to give multiple views, multiple different ways of, of entertaining. And um, I think we've got so much room to grow as a sport, and it's very exciting. we just got to open up our minds mm. as a whole. They, those people have no idea a race is going on. But yeah. 
It's packed, and it's yeah. packed all day yeah. long well, from like know, 8 a.m. They know they're at Indianapolis Motor Speedway for that race, and they're going to go back next year because they had a good time, obviously, partying <laughs> and going crazy there. But they're going <laughs> to go back, and maybe it's the next year that they go back and they, they make an interaction with a driver and they start following the sport more, mm -hmm. and then they follow it the next week at the next track. And that, that way of getting them there is all we need. We just need to get them there. We have the greatest sport in the world. We need people there. Um, so if we have to draw them in for one way to, to get them entertained by us, we can do that. We should be able to do it. We yeah. need to get you a ticket to Daytona and let him go tell these ideas to <laughs> hey, everyone down there. Hey, yeah. You got that right. Because yeah. when I read your comments, it was the most unique uh, perspective that I've seen and, and, and trying to get to the young people to get them uh, involved in our sport and, and be about it. And it makes perfect sense to me. Yeah, I've, I've grown up in this sport and I've watched it change. And, and when I was growing up, it was at the highest height and you guys were dominating and we were doing everything right for, for that generation. We've got to make sure we're taking the next steps and, and we can be ahead. We have such a multiple, multiple faceted sport. We have so much opportunity. We have so much land at each one of these tracks. We can be the best and, and, and excel past where we are. Yeah. Well, if you're still in the line, don't worry. We'll get to you on our NASCAR America debrief streaming on the NBC Sports YouTube channel after we're done here. Don't go away. Let me say this with Nate Ryan is next. Let me say this, people. Let me say this. Now I'm going to say this. Let me say this. But I'm going to say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Let me say this. Sorry, caller. I'm going to say this. No. Let me say this. Hey, Kyle, let somebody else talk for once. But I'm telling you something. But I'm going to tell you. And listen. Man, you talk a lot. I will say it forever. We've added drivers to Kyle's monologue. Let me say this. Nate Ryan is here. That means it's time for a hashtag let me say this. And what our viewers have been tweeting us during the show. Nate, go ahead. So no Kyle Petty, but some questions for you, Ty, okay. on hashtag let me say this. Clay Garrett wants to know, 20-lap late model dirt racing shootout at Eldora Speedway. Who wins, you, your brother, or Tyler Reddick? Well, let Ooh. me say this, me. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there you yeah, go. There's your answer. That's right? awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, way to go, Ty. Yeah. Nick Delaney wants to know, with night racing seemingly better with this uh, 2019 rules package, does that help or hurt you? Um, I think it maybe hurts us at mile and a half, uh, helps us at short tracks. I, I do think the night racing is a little bit better uh, with this package just because the groove is wider and wider the more grip we gain. So um, I think night racing is better. Don't know if it's helping us at mile and a half. Okay, question for the panel from Jen Saros. Hashtag let me say this. Why on the road course this past weekend did all the cars have only one windshield wiper even though there wasn't a chance of rain in the forecast? Um, mandated by NASCAR. Mandated yeah, it's by NASCAR. mandated by NASCAR, but there's been a lot of wind tunnel money spent and, yeah. and the ideas passed around on what that does and put in the right angle. You go back and look through a bunch of pictures and see some team ideas, the difference in which the angle was. There is an advantage there. Okay, so some aerodynamic edge there. Uh, Tom wants to know, what is the best Christmas present your grandpa ever gave you? <laughs> um, probably, uh, he um, he's given me some really cool old guns we're we're big western fans growing up so um some all like over unders and stuff like that shotguns and uh that's probably the coolest thing all right cool yep. there you go yeah all right One for me true or false you've done it you've already done a mock draft for fantasy football this year False. <laughs> on, yeah, big fantasy football guy. You're and, like up there uh, in my fantasy yeah, hero yeah. category. I'm still gonna win and, and dominate my fantasy leagues, but I'm just gonna let you know some people have a couple month month head start or so. You were in a you were in a famous fantasy league one time. Yeah, right? it was a celebrity fantasy league, and um, I made it to the the final of the championship, and I lost, and I made it to the final this past year, and I lost. I'm, 
I've had really dominant teams. We just got to get that championship game down. Who did you lose to? Tell me not Austin. I'm just not going to respond. Oh, it was Austin. There you go. That's why he doesn't respond. No, Nate, Nate dominates our on? fantasy league, by the way. Uh, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. They will. They're going to hang on. Braves are going to We've no, covered going to World everything. Fantasy football, Major League Baseball, the 2019 package. That does it for Motormouth today. Hey, head over to the YouTube channel. Catch us on the debrief. We'll see you there. And we're back here tomorrow at 5 for NASCAR America as well. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has same-day delivery on the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. Let the Home Depot help power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything dad is, find the perfect gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Order select and stock items by 4 p.m. subject to availability.